Today on CityCast Philly, does the election have you feeling nervous or stressed? Well, not to worry. Today, I'm speaking with a clinical psychologist about the ways we can cope with our election anxiety. It's Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I'm Trinae Nari, and this is CityCast Philly. Dr. Thea Gallagher, you're a clinical psychologist. Can you tell me what exactly election anxiety is? So, you know, I think some of it is about the election itself, right? Because there's a lot that we have anxiety about when it comes to maybe our values, how we see decisions being made for us, around us, um, for the things that really matter to us. But then there's also this interpersonal component, which a lot of people have reported as being really difficult, that maybe you have loved ones who do not align with you politically, but these are people that you love. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they have strong views that are different from yours. And then it feels personal. And then you don't know what to do about the relationship or they're posting things on the Internet that you're then triggered by because these things mean so much to you. So I think there's stress about the election itself. And then there's also stress about the interpersonal aspects of it. And then it also, you know, I think with larger elections and then around November, we see it increase because there's also way more content around this. Like you're seeing ads and you're seeing stuff on Twitter, Instagram. So it's just more top of mind around these periods. And so it can be really stressful for people. How do you think that we should approach those interpersonal relationships, like you mentioned, around the topic? So I think you have to be really thoughtful about this. And I think we've seen this over, you know, the last number of years when things have felt even like maybe more intense and more disparate, like like views really on like two ends of the spectrum. So I think a lot of people, we want to talk about our views and values, but then when we're talking with someone who really might not want to change their mindset and maybe we don't want to change our mindset, like what is the goal of our conversation? What are we trying to do? Where are we trying to go? And I think... I like to be able to give people the permission to have a boundary and not have those conversations necessarily. And I think it's about thinking of your audience and thinking of the conversation that you're having. Because, you know, if you go to Thanksgiving dinner and you have someone who has really strong opinions about something that you feel strongly about in another direction, if you start to engage in that conversation, like, where is that going? Right. Like, it's no one's here to learn. It's going to be an unpleasant dinner. <laughs> right. Like, no one's here to learn. No one's here to like, oh, wow, you really shaped my view here. You really changed, opened my mind. Right. I think we all go into those conversations thinking that's going to happen. But remember, we're probably both thinking that on both sides. And so if you know that someone that you care about deeply is really entrenched in their beliefs, it's probably not a great idea to engage in that conversation. Um, And I think it's also, you know, it's also okay to mute people on your social media. Yes, that's Um, why that button is there. It's very triggering. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I've realized that too. I'm like, I love this person too much, but the content they're putting out is stressing me out. And I, you know, and there were reports about this um, a few years ago in the Stress in America report that people were reporting higher levels of stress and anxiety with regard to social media and the election. And I think it was because Again, seeing people you love and care about or people that have been in your life for a long time have very different views from you, feels personal, feels like an attack against your own values, et cetera. Do you think people also get stress from, you know, things about like worrying if their vote will count? Like, you know, there's been a lot of misinformation about mail-in voting and even about like the electronic voting machines, you know, do, do you think that adds on to the stress? Yeah, I mean, because 
you could spiral out about this in any million of ways, right? Like one that like the, the votes aren't being counted. There's voter suppression. You know, you can hear facts. You can hear conspiracies. You can hear concerns. I mean, there's a lot about the process that we don't understand. I mean, we go to like a booth and we hit some buttons and like, you know, where is it going? What is happening? I think right. kind of like it's not super transparent in some ways or, men, you know, it, it, I think understanding how it works can be really helpful. But I, st- I still think there's many of us that are like, is this really effective? Is this really working? Um, and then in the larger scale of things, really being like, I'm one vote in, you know, millions, is that really going to make an impact? Um, and I think that mindset is one that we really have to say, regardless of whether my vote is going to tip the scales, it's about, you know, making an empowered choice to vote because that is important for you as an individual and for our democracy. Has there been more election, you know, stress in recent years? Yes. Mm -hmm. Documented. So I think just I think the nature of the values, the nature of feeling like, again, things are so separated, like so black and white. You know, I remember growing up and even being in college, it felt like there was people who were really on there were people who were really on the fence. Right. People Mm -hmm. who might have been more moderate or trying to, you know, understand both sides um, or maybe like, okay, these are two different ways to solve you know, national problems. That's not the energy that is happening now. I think it's feeling, it feels very much like, you know, like two sides of a football field, like, you like know, a right in and a wrong yeah. way. Yep. Got it. Are there things that we're doing as a society that's making it worse for people and causing more and more stress? Well, yes, we are inundated with information. So that is one thing that is just hard to avoid, right? Like maybe 30 years ago, you would see a few campaign ads or, um, you know, but you weren't getting notifications. And then this person retweeting or reposting or speaking about this or posting about this. Like it's so much and it's so much content in our minds. And I think our, our brain's trying to make sense of it. So that's why I really encourage people to really be intentional, especially closer to election time about how much of that content they are consuming passively or actively, because I don't think we even realize how much we're getting even passively, like where other our friends are posting stuff about this. So it's not just news sources. It's a lot of other people sharing their opinions and values. And it can be it can be a lot and it can be pretty intense. And like, you know, what's real, what's not real, like what what sources do I kind of align with? So I've really been encouraging people like finding a couple sources that you really like you know, find to be helpful, informative, um, you know, maybe with rigorous journalism and reading those to keep informed, but then making sure you're not engaging with so much content that it's just overwhelming you and it's all you can think about. And many of us have other lives, other parts of our lives that we need to focus on, whether it's our kids, our work and, (laughs) you know, making dinner and grocery shopping. Like we have to, we have to have spaces where we are not consumed by this kind of content. Right. I mean, It doesn't help that Pennsylvania is a battleground state. And according to a recent New York Times article, a lot of misinformation has been floating around. Voters need to be informed. But does all of this sort of, you know, reduce the anxiety or just make it worse? You know, I mean, the fact that it's a battleground state, I think it makes the pressure higher, the stakes higher. But I think it can also make you feel more empowered and like your vote is like more you're, you're, valuable. You're a part of the system. You're you're making a change. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have the visual of that dancing post office box. I'll never leave my mind. It was amazing. You know, like I felt so proud. I felt proud of Philadelphia. I felt proud of Pennsylvania. You know, you just think back to those times where where like I think like with all eyes on our state, that's somewhat unremarkable at other times, you know, but realizing like, okay, these are the decisions and the choices that we get to make. And like, it kind of feels like, oh, wow, like we are a power player in all this. So yeah, the pressure can be higher and it might feel like there's more anxiety because, you know, you're going to care about maybe loved ones or friends that you know might not be voting in a direction that you think is helpful or important. But I think that also can really be a call to action too, if you want to put some of that anxiety and that um, stress toward actionable steps, like being part of a, you know, campaign or making calls or going to a door, if that like will help you feel like you can do something. Um, I think that's also a great way to channel some of that energy. Okay. So, and since people are listening to this episode on election day, what strategies, Thea, do you have that we can use if anyone feels really overwhelmed and stressed out today? You know, I think I go back to this a lot, asking yourself the question, what can I control? What can't I control? And all you can really control today is likely your vote, Yeah, you know, yeah. making that empowered choice and then saying I've done what I can and I've got to get back to living my life. And I think it's about taking care of your corner of the street. Like what what do you have control over? What do you have power over? Um, and if if at the end of this day or sometimes we don't find out till the end of the week or sometimes longer, but if, you know, things maybe are not in the direction you want, like saying, like, what can I do to, you know, maybe engage with some of my activism or, or, you know, using some of this into actionable steps. But I think on today on, you know, on Election Day, it's important to say, what can I do, you know, taking that step. And I think also you know, not like obsessively following CNN for the day right. or obsessively go watch following a movie. the polls. Yeah, right. like go play with your child. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think like when you kind of get into that like obsessive, like uh, like following, it can just be really <laughs> intense. And I know a lot of us, it's like a train wreck. You can't really look away. But I think making sure you have some spaces and times where you can engage in what's real in your life in the moment, which is like, again, what kind of is in the present. Yeah. You know, it can be easy to like start to imagine worst case scenarios and and following like the thread down and try not to like let that catastrophizing just take over your mind because we have to we have to keep going one step at a time. And sometimes catastrophizing can keep us from um, engaging in in the fight in some ways. Yeah. Unfortunately, my job, you know, we're going to have to keep our eyes glued, but it's a balance. (laughs) I will balance. Clinical psychologist, Dr. Thea Gallagher, thank you so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Thanks for having me. And not to stress you out, but don't forget, you have until 8 p.m. to cast your vote today. So make your voice heard. And check out more from Thea on her mental health podcast called Mind in View. We'll have a link in our show notes. And here's what else Philly's talking about. Speaking of voting, if you sent in your mail-in ballot, make sure you filled everything out correctly. According to the Philadelphia Board of Elections, there's a list of voters who sent in a ballot with no signature, no date, or an incorrect date on the return envelope, or their ballot was not in a secrecy envelope. If you find your name on the list at vote.phila.gov, there are some options you can do to fix this. 
Request a replacement ballot at the County Board of Elections office in City Hall, room 140, today from 7.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. If you're unable to travel to the office, you can get someone to go for you, but you have to fill out the designated agent form. And if you're looking for your polling place, go to atlasatlas.phila.gov slash voting. The Kensington Library is hosting a literacy program for Spanish-speaking adults. The program teaches native Spanish speakers how to read and write in Spanish. Classes are free. To register for the program, call the Kensington Library at 215-685-9996. Again, that's 215-685-9996. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Can you do me a favor? Subscribe to the podcast, rate the show, and share this episode with a friend. Subscribe to our morning newsletter too. And before you go, me and the CityCast Philly team will be back tomorrow morning giving you the updates on the election results. Talk to you then. Bye. And before you go, me and the city cast city. <laughs> <laughs>